bags are packed, are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other way Hello and welcome to episode 134 of the Corinne Nidja podcast. I'm your host Corinne Nidja. This podcast is where I share people's incredible stories of hope after they made the switch to a whole food plant-based diet and either lost a whole heap of excess weight that they didn't want to keep carrying or they overcame chronic diseases such as type 2 diabetes or Crohn's disease or multiple sclerosis in my personal case, arthritis, heart disease, cancers, all kinds of things. And I feel like in this pandemic time that we're currently in, if you're listening way into the future, we're currently globally in a pandemic and we are many of us very uncertain and we're living in social isolation and it's a bit more of a just a really strange time to be alive and I feel like these stories are more important than ever when we're talking about preventing and reversing chronic disease we're also talking about building a healthy immune system and an immune system not saying that this is going whole food plant-based diet is the cure for coronavirus but prevention and making your body function optimally and your immune system function optimally with foods that promote a healthy gut microbiome that help your body and cells to thrive, you know, even I know that the coronavirus isn't the same as a flu or a cold, but I not only do I no longer have symptoms of multiple sclerosis, but or constipation or candida or fibromyalgia or depression, but I also very rarely get a cold or a flu or anything. My child, just the four, my four-year-old never had uh never has never seen a doctor for a cold or an ear infection or anything. Like he's just never had a sickness in his life that apart from maybe a runny nose once or twice, but he's never had to go to a doctor for an illness. And my eldest, he's had a few earaches, too much wax, but other than that, nothing. My husband, who was always sick with allergies and hay fever and getting like 10 colds or flus, a year now has maybe one uh, after making the switch to this diet. And I, I, apart from my, I have a jaw problem, but I'm very rarely sick with anything. So if you are frightened of, you know, the, the coronavirus, it's definitely a tool to add to your tool bed. And as I said, it's not a prescription cure-all for corona, but it is something that will help you in your tool belt to hopefully avoid it being as severe as what it has been and, you know, obviously life-threatening as it has been for many, many people around the globe. As I said, I'm not saying that it's a cure-all, but it's definitely worthwhile trying. It's been so effective in so many people's health 
fueling our bodies has ever been more important than it is right now in this time. Fueling our bodies with the right foods, whole plant foods, rich in antioxidants, rich in vitamin C, rich in nutrients and minerals that help us to fight disease. So with that said, I I hope wherever you are that you are washing your hands, social distancing, taking care of yourself, getting enough sleep, drinking enough water, connecting with your loved ones via Zoom or on the phone or however. I'm thinking of you all. I'm sending you all my love. Please stay safe. And I hope that you enjoyed today's guest. Adam Herringshaw is from New York State and he is a member of the Missing Chins Running Club. And we've had many Missing Chins Running Club guests, members as guests on this show. And I always find such joy in in meeting them. And one of the things that was Adam's, one of Adam's top tips that he read from a book called Atomic Habits by James Clear that he found in the Missing Chins Running Club was community but he said, he described it as finding a tribe where your desired result is the expectation of the tribe. Finding a tribe where your desired result is the expectation of the tribe. So if you have a group of friends, a tribe around you whose expectation is far beneath the person that you would like yourself to be or you visualize yourself to be, Head online and and find a group or create a group where the expectation of the tribe is your desired result of the of the goal of where you would like yourself to be. If that's thin and ripped and athletic or spiritual or a business person or an entrepreneur or whatever it is, and your immediate tribe that isn't their expectation and they're not going to get you to that place, get a new tribe. You don't have to throw out your old tribe. Just get another one as well. You know, Adam kept all of his old beautiful friends and friendships, but he also got this other tribe of really motivated people that their expectation is that you exercise, move your body in some way, and that you eat a whole food plant-based diet. You can... There's so many groups online, Forks Over Knives group, McDougal Friends group, Whole Food Plant-Based Aussies. There's my group, Plant-Based and Thriving. These are on Facebook. There are meetups. There are plant pods. There are, oh my gosh, Paul Chatlin, if you're listening, my brain, plant-based nutrition small groups, PBNSG. Yes, small groups uh, over in the United States. I think they they are. So definitely they, I know that I know that they are, but I was just trying to think about the area that they're in. But you can Google that, plant-based nutrition support groups with Paul Chatlin. Find a group, um, a plant-powered potluck, make one, find some people where the expectation of the tribe is your desired result. Uh, yes, so Adam is on the show sharing his weight loss journey and just his inspiration and wisdom for you today. I hope you enjoy the show. Thank you, Adam, for coming on the show. Hello, Adam, and welcome to the show. Hey, how are you? I'm, I don't know how to answer this in 
COVID-19 time? It's a, such a, it's a tricky question these days. So I, I always say I am all kinds of, it's all, it's all kinds of everything, wonderful emotions and sad emotions and everything in between. How about you? Uh, doing well, um, doing, you know, one of the, one of the sayings that I have doing, doing the best I can with what I have um, in, in the current situations that are COVID-19 that will forever be looked back on in, in history. So um, it's exciting. And in New York here, spring is slowly starting to peek its head out, which is a beautiful thing. Mm. Yes, winter is coming here. So we have... We have the opposite thing. Leaves are starting to curl up and fall off and it's looking a bit bleak outside, but it's kind of nice as well because you get, have a reason to be cozy inside at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have you been isolating for? So it's uh, right around two weeks now, um, maybe maybe three. So, yeah, very much um, – only necessary trips to the grocery store um, is really the only time that um, I'm going out amongst folks. Um, I get to work from home right now. So, um, yeah. So that, that's about it. Other than that, I've been home with my wife and three girls. Yeah, wow. Do you, are you allowed out to exercise your, where you are or not at all? Uh, so, solo, yep. Solo. So yeah, yeah, they yeah they encourage you. If, if they definitely encourage um, out by yourself, and um, so I see some people that are doing like running with the person six feet apart. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know that that's acceptable. But I've always ran by myself. So yeah. yes. Yeah, it's it's yeah. So I'm gl- I'm glad that I was a runner and not someone who loved going to like group classes at a gym. You know, like right now I'm thinking, geez, imagine if you had a different way that was like your thing that you just loved. You know, going and boxing and being like a sparring partner or someone at a gym, and you just can't do that now. Yeah, I, I couldn't imagine uh, running for me in the last few years is something more than just exercise. I mean, what it does for my day is it gets me prepared for the day. And I feel um, the days that I do run, I'm just in a better place. And I I couldn't imagine having that taken away um, for some period of time now. It would be definitely a time of adjustment if needed. But that's that's one of the things that I say now. I've, I've been practicing social distancing for some time via running. I think since I've started running, I'm approaching 3,000 miles now. And I joke that 2,900 of them have been uh, practicing solo uh, solo, or uh, social distancing. Sorry. So they've all been solo. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I completely agree. It's feeding a friend of mine's in Dubai and she wrote to me yesterday and she said that they're doing lockdown for two weeks. And I don't know the full details, but she said that that for them, it is only one person can leave the house, which is similar to what we're kind of in here and where you are, but only for supermarket and a pharmacy, whereas we still have exercise and there was some work. 
but they only had those two, I think, in her list. I'm not, not I'm, if anyone's listening and I know for the specifics, I apologize. But I was just thinking, oh my gosh, if that didn't mean running for me and I was just stuck. I know that I can do yoga and exercise, hit workouts at home inside, but from my mental health, running is so, like, as you said, it's so much more for my, it does so much more for my day, getting that air, being outside, going the dis, those distances, you know, seeing different things and just getting that lung workout. And it's just such a spiritual, mental, psychological thing for me. And I would, I would really struggle if that gets taken away. Yeah, no, definitely. That's yeah. Same for us. I think you hit on the, the work side too. There's essential workers out like healthcare workers and things like that. But um, yeah, I, I couldn't imagine. So obviously I've given you a little introduction already in the beginning of this episode, but I would love it if you could, I think all of us could do with a little hope and inspiration in these really tricky, but so there's so much in this time. It's, it's, it's hard to say it's difficult because some people it is really difficult. For me, a bit like you, I'm seeing so many opportunities and things to be grateful for. And that's where my mind tends to naturally go. Uh, but for other people, it is a much more difficult time. And I hope that your story today can uplift some people who may be getting a bit caught in the news cycle and in the fear and the anxiety of this moment in time. Um, so yeah, if you wouldn't mind just starting at the beginning and wherever that beginning is for you. Sure. My story, uh, growing up, I came from a small farm town, um, re- real small. My dad and mom um, had uh, four other girls. Uh, other, You know, I had myself, I was the only boy, four girls, and um, very small close-knit community um, where food and things like that were um, not really uh, something that was top of mind. It was a bit more, I felt like it was a a bit more survival for us, if you will. But uh, I played high school sports growing up, so American football, um, and then just about every other sport that uh, a student had access to in, in high school. And I went on to be a, a collegiate athlete. Uh, and from there, you know, it was after college for me, really, when weight started to become an issue. So up through college, I had really went out of my way to make sure I was staying fit and exercising and things like that. But before I had, you know, known it, I had added probably 80 to 90 pounds. And, and the reason for that was I had really lost sight of, of health. Um, my parents both were, my dad was a factory worker and my mom, uh, you know, it was all shift work. And one of the things that I told myself, um, while I had a, you know, great childhood growing up, there was things that I wanted to do in life as an adult that my parents had never done. And one of those was to be financially stable in, in a way that I could, uh, I don't want to say have luxur- luxurious things, but do things that they, they really didn't have the opportunity to do. And 
you know, with that in mind, that's where I kind of had lost sight on, on caring for myself and really tried, you know, working my way through the corporate ladder at a very young age to essentially try to earn an income that they were never, never able to have. So, um, in late 2000, I don't know, I, like I said, six to eight was really when the weight started going on. But then, you know, fast forward most re- recently in the fall of 2016 was, uh, really when a few different things had started to happen for me. Um, one of the podcasts that I listen to that I strongly encourage everyone to listen to is the ritual podcast. And, you know, one of the things that I heard a, a couple of different things with rich was, you know, that the universe will, conspire to help you out if, if you're really desiring change and putting forth that effort. And in, in the fall of 2016, there were two different colleagues that I had worked with. Husbands had um, health-related issues that, unfortunately, they had passed on. Uh, and for me, it was really an eye-opener. I, I stepped back and said, you know, well, that's pretty scary. Like, they're, they're my age. It's not like they're 75 years old. They were in their 30s and, you know, raising their own families and things like that. And, and for me, that, that really caused me to, to step back and say, you know, what am I doing um, to, to be healthy? And uh, that was really where it all started. Um, I wasn't plant-based yet. I hadn't even heard of being plant-based yeah, but what did happen was my colleagues and I, I think there was seven of us, seven of us all had kicked in uh, $100 and decided to do a, a Biggest Loser competition. And um, it was a winner-take-all wager. And after two months, I think two months was, was what we had decided on, the, whoever lost the most percentage of body weight uh, would, would take the pot. Um, two months later, I had lost 35 pounds, and it was enough to start to change my trajectory with health, but it was still in the, the conventional way that I used to use, getting myself in the shape for sports and things like that, which was have heavy on the animal products, um, traded beef or chicken or uh, tuna fish or something like that, not what I know diet and health is today. I don't know, like any fad diet after that and having won that, um, the weight started to creep back on. And, uh, I think it was May, May 19th. It was a Friday. Um, I had kind of done a little bit of homework and I had a colleague who was a type two diabetic and was overweight herself. And I noticed she, she used to, she, her office was right outside mine and she used to take, uh, her diabetic medication and stuff at work. And I noticed, I thought she had stopped like taking it and she's like, and I started to ask and pick around. And that's when I had learned about forks over knives and, um, so that, that Friday I was like, and she told me what she was doing. And I said, you know, that's, that's extreme. Like that seemed very extreme to me at the time. 
It does. It really does seem. When, they, when you first hear about it, it really does seem. When you come from a standard American or for us, standard Australian diet, saying, hearing that someone is stopping eating meat, eggs, dairy, bacon, chocolate, chips, <laughs> donuts, <laughs> it does seem like, are you asking me to, like, how am I going to live now? <laughs> how am I going to live? Yeah, yeah, no, totally. And that, was, and that was me growing up. Like, we lived on... Like I never drank water. Milk was uh, like milk was the primary liquid in the diet. But yeah, then cheese, pork, pastas, um, different things like that. Things like you had just mentioned. Um, that was life. So yeah, the the plant based side of things seemed very extreme. But I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to try this and, and give it a try. And the extreme side of things, one of the things that I've found over the last three years, some of those who I've learned of that have made these changes, uh, the Josh Lajani's of the world, the Anthony Masiello's, Rich Roll himself, um, to some degree, I feel like they're kind of, they have extreme tendencies themselves where um, you're really all in or 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 not and i kind of felt the same way for me moderation has never been really a part of my life it's either all in or or not so so yeah that that one friday was really it i was like let me see if i can make it through the weekend before i knew it uh, a week had went by and I was like, let's see if I can keep this streak alive. You know, it's, you know, let's see where this goes. And, and after a month, I had lost pretty close to 30 pounds and felt like I was on top of the world. There was weird things happening. I felt like I was sleeping better. Uh, yeah, I mean, sleep was definite, a uh, definite improvement right away. And then another one that really blew my mind was memory, I feel like. I've heard some people talk about it, but I always – there was like this weird, very distinct moment where I felt like there was some sort of fog that had been lifted. Like when you go to set your keys down or forget where you put something, I felt like I was doing that all the time pre, pre-transition. And after, it almost started to become very scary where I like would remember where I put just about everything. So that was that was one of that's one of the many benefits that I that I always talk about, but it was very distinct early on. So from there, you know, in in 2017, you know, as the weight continued to come off, there was or there is every year. I think it's in its 43rd year now. There's a local uh, road race. It's called the Boilermaker 15K. They market it as the toughest 15K in the country. Um, and I had decided that I was going to run it with the idea that I wanted to, you know, I was feeling so good. I was like, you know, I bet you I'm good enough to be the, you know, the 25 year old version of myself. So, you know, at the time I was 30, 36. And so I, I bet you I could beat the 25 year old version of myself who had ran the race. And, uh, so I started the train and that's really when I, I started to discover running and, and began to enjoy it. And, um, 
you know, from there I ran that race and, and, and that, how'd you go? Uh, I didn't beat my 25 year old self, but I was like proud to have, uh, finished. And I remember, so I'm, I'm kind of a nut about competing and, and I'm super competitive. I'll compete at anything, hate to lose. And in these cases, when I know I'm entering something like a, a running event where I know I can't win, the best I can do is compete against myself. So year over year, I've continued since to, com- to compete against myself. So in 2017, I ran it in uh, 151.48. It's like a 12-minute mile. And then last year I did it, So and I finished in 10,000 or so place. Uh, then last year I did it in 125.34. So... Um, yeah, I've cut quite a bit of time off. Yeah, and, see, uh, this is awesome. This is so good. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then this year, who knows? Hopefully everything's back to normal by then. And the goal is uh, 114, I think. So I think that's kind of where I'm settling settling in on for a goal. And one of the things I love about, well, not just, well, this, I guess doing hosting this podcast is I get to, Many people who have come on this show, uh, including yourself, have gone on to to either reconnect with their athletic self or or become an athlete for, for potentially the first time in in some form. So maybe p- perhaps not in competition, but you know, for me, I went from not exercising at all and being like, if you see me exercise, if you see me running a knife wielding maniacs chasing me. That's how I used to literally say that when I was in my 20s and to late teens. And now you, that's every single day. It's just part of my life. Uh, but many people, and I know one um, in particular, guest Dr. Mark Craig from New Zealand, he, well, he was already, I think he was already into fitness. But, you know, I remember him on the show talking about, you know, cycling up volcanoes and doing all these incredible competitions where you do yeah, really incredible rides around the world or really incredible triathlons and things like that. And the first guest on the show, actually, um, Adam Guthrie, you know, he went on from being a heart attack, having a heart attack while surfing to doing an Ironman uh, competition. It's just so you can't, even if it was just about the weight loss, as you say, you get the brain fog lifted and then you feel so much, full of so much energy and you're sleeping better and your digestion's better. And you just want to test out this new vehicle. It's like driving a Datsun 120Y your whole life and then suddenly getting a Ferrari, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, to- totally. And I, it, the thing that I don't think, I think people take for granted so often is what the human body is actually capable of. Like a- as a vehicle, it is one of the most amazing things that this earth has and and what we are able to do with our bodies and what you're able to put it through i mean if you think about a lot of the stories that you know you might feature there's a lot of people who really beat their bodies up and you know are are not shy about it at all i i am one of those folks that really did not treat it well and here i am you know within three years able to take something that i did quite a bit of damage to and feel like I've built it to a point now where I'm capable 
and enjoy attempting to do things that the average person kind of steps back and says, well, wait a second, what are you, what are you going to like, you're going to run more than a marathon. Like you're going to run an ultra marathon. Like what is that? And are you going to run that in one day? So yeah, it's, it's yeah. Yeah. You definitely want to test it out. And yeah, for me, like I said, I've always been competitive and yeah, now it's like, and now understanding the importance of food and how it affects your performance, constantly tweaking it to see how you can get better is just, it's, it's fun. You're it, quite honestly, it, it's, it's joy, joyous. I just want to go back one second with you sure. because I think a lot of people, and I know myself, you know, when you're in that, that every day, what's the routine? So you're in that routine where you, we go, most of us, we finish high school or schooling and we go into working or studying and and then into our full-time careers and our families and our lives. And you're just kind of going through the motions of life, eating and living the, and exercising the way you live. And I remember myself hearing stories like yours. Often you would think, oh, that person probably ate okay anyway, or they probably exercised a bit anyway. or they did. And I think for, for me, like I ate literally my favorite foods was anything out of a bay-marie. <laughs> Out of a Bay Marie. Is it called Bay Marie over no, there? Those... No. What, what is it? <laughs> a Bay Marie. <laughs> I said that word and thought. <laughs> you do not know what a Bay, Bay Marie is. I, and so I was like, sitting there, do I type that into my computer? Real quick? I just assumed it was. Like... So Bay Marie is like, you know, when you go to a service station, they have the glass cabinet with like the chips and the deep fried food that keeps it warm. Yep, 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 yep. That's a bay mar- called a bay marie in Australia. Got it. So anything brown that's in one of those, you know, like just the oil brown food, that was like my favorite foods. Were anything as a joke? Like obviously, I liked all kinds of food, but I always used to say that was my favorite because it just describes beige fat salt food. You know, right? Yeah, yeah. For me, high fat, high salt, or high fat, high sugar, high salt and any high related was a favorite pizzas and things like that were just amazing that's one of the things locally um in this area even where i grew up there is a knack for italian food so pasta dishes and things like that that just can light your taste buds uh on fire um for from spice and and um, salt and things like that. It's it's not unheard of. It's just out of this world. Yeah. So a typical day for you wasn't that you were having a green smoothie and then you just happened to have a few snacks in the evening and it gained a bit of weight. Like you were eating real heavy foods. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was a typical day. I would say a typical day of food for me uh, would be coffee. I usually skip breakfast. And if I didn't skip breakfast, it was either to some degree, uh, like you mentioned, uh, a stop at a, a gas station or a Dunkin' Donuts here for a couple of donuts. And then lunch, uh, it was never uncommon for fast food. Um, it, it wasn't every day, but but fast food as in like 
McDonald's would be common worldwide that I would do uh, two double cheeseburgers and a cheeseburger to go. And naturally, you always supersized it because you felt like you were getting value. more <laughs> value. From more money. value. <laughs> the, thus, thus, the value meal. Yeah, get you um, like <laughs> and then at night, again, not uncommon to do like a pasta dish of some sort. They could be again. I, I use lo- local terminology, but like uh, like a pasta Alfredo. There's one thing local. One of my favorite meals that my wife would make was a, a chicken riggies, which was like a vodka based sauce, a marinara with cream and sherry wine, and all mixed together. Very very heavy, very delicious. Nothing was measured, um, and it always tasted really really good. So. That was like normal, normal days. And then food is naturally again. So, so that's a normal eating day. And then one of the things that I think part of transition that I was mindful of that I think I've heard Josh mentioned before and, um, you know, food is tied to every emotion possible. And one of the things in doing a bit of self-reflecting on myself that I encourage all, all people to do is that, you know, what type of food, when do you eat it and why a lot of people don't stop to think about why you eat certain food. And for me, stress was an interesting one. I didn't, I just, I would, anytime that it was, you know, I was stressed or super stressed food was a means of a change of state for me. It was so it was like, you know, I need to feel a little different because I'm stressing out right now. How can I feel better? Food is it. And naturally, that food was not fruits and vegetables and, you know, quinoa. It it was something it was something that was high in calories and high in fat. I think what what you're saying is is brilliant. And I think that it's hard because for a lot of people, myself included, back when I was really deep in and, and I still, you know, I still, it's not, it's not something that I don't still that default setting is to comfort eat. Do you know what I mean? It still can be for me. It's just, I make different comfort eating choices than I did in my twenties. It's more potatoes, <laughs> more potatoes and hummus and porridge these days than it is you know, donuts and deep fried food, but, but it still is something that I still have to work on with a, in, in, through the lens of food addiction. When I, when you think about what type of food, when, why a lot of people and myself included back in my twenties, these weren't questions that we, they're not questions that people ever stop to ask themselves. And so when I would say to my friend, you know, at late at night, a lot of people have late at night eating issues. And I would say, you know, what's happening at nighttime? And they'll, They'll say boredom, but it's 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 often more than that. It's often bored. It's often loneliness, like a deep loneliness, or it's stress about the future, like as you say, or it's tra- emotional traumas and things that have happened in their lives that that they're ruminating on. That at the time they're not thinking; they're just thinking, "I have a discomfort within me. I'm going to feel that discomfort with food." Yeah, no, a hundred percent, and and. You know, the other side to that as well, though, is and why you weren't asking those questions is I think it wasn't about priorities either. You know, when you're in your 20 something, you know, 20s or young 30s, maybe even you're not necessarily health might not or I would think that it's not a priority 
for most most people. And if it's not a priority and you're just living, it's it's one of those those things that you again, if it's not a priority, you're not asking questions of, you know, am I, am I feeding disease or am I fighting disease with, with every bite? And I do little things now like that. Um, and I don't win all the time. I always count wins and losses. That's kind of a big thing with me. And something that I attribute to change is measuring wins and losses. Yes. Josh taught me that. Josh was good at ta- teaching me that. Yeah. I, I learned that one of this, so I was never much of a reader growing up. And one of the things that this transition has gotten me into is just digging into information and a book that I read that has nothing to do with, with plant-based eating or anything like that, that I would strongly encourage everybody to read. And if you could ever get this guy on the show, I would strongly encourage it. I already feel like I know who you're going to say. Who? James Clear. James Clear. Was he on Atomic Rich Roll? Habits. Oh, Atomic Habits. Yes. He was. He was. He was. Yes. His book is a very, it's, it's one of those books that is in my kind of toolbox that I tell people, like regardless of what sort of bad habit that you're trying to break, um, his book was very uh, practical and something that anyone could read, digest, and implement. And wins and losses were there. And the whole idea that, you know, tiny habits or tiny votes at some point compound themselves into this greater thing. And whatever those votes you are casting for yourself that's working towards this new identity, you know, the more you do and the more you win – the better you're, you are, and it's not going to be perfect. I, I mean, I'm three years into this now and I, you know, while I can honestly say I've, I haven't eaten meat since 2016, there, there are processed foods and things like that. If my 11 year old daughter makes a, a cupcake and she's like, Hey, your dad, try this out. Uh, do I say no? No, I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm trying the blueberry cupcake out. It's just the way it's going to be. And same goes for exercise. Like for me, I've prided myself on measuring every time that I exercise. And a goal for me at the beginning of every week is to exercise more days than I don't exercise. It's just that simple. So I pride myself on getting four days of exercise in a week, knowing that if I'm doing more than I'm not doing, I'm progressing towards a, a better me. Many guests on the show have talked about this and I I think it's easy for a lot of a lot of people I feel are kind of purists and they think that they need to be a hundred percent. If I can't be a hundred percent then I'll be nothing. And when you think like I know Healthy Emmy was on the show a little while ago. She's a YouTube a wonderful YouTuber and a really, you know, she's so full of enthusiasm and passionate about plant-based eating but she was just like you know when you think about she's a former teacher and she's like when you think about what makes up an a 80 percent is an a you know 80 percent is an a and that's one of the you know the highest marks we can get so why you know why wouldn't you go for 80 percent 80 percent is great if you think you can't go 100 go for 80 and you're still giving yourself an a yeah and then the other thing that i think that i get that i got from james book was you know, it's not about you. 
so to, to speaking to a little bit about what you're saying, if it's not perfect, you know, I'm not, I'm just not gonna, and instead of, it's not about you, it's about your system. So if you think about your health as a system, what are you building into your system to make your engine run efficiently to take, you know, temptation out of it? And that was for me a, a, a big yeah, it was just it was big in in the sense that I didn't get down on myself at the very beginning. But I was like, "What am I get, am I getting to bed at a good time? Like if I'm if I'm having trouble getting up in the morning, is it because I like to sleep or was it because I was going to bed at midnight? Or and the same thing goes for food. Um, what was I putting in my body as part of my system? If I need my system to op, you know run optimally, what am I putting in? If I know that cupcakes and little Debbie Swiss cake rolls and Twinkies and pork is not good for me, you know, why am I putting that into my system? My system isn't going to function correctly if that's all that I'm eating. Don't you think it's interesting, though, for me and for many of us, everyone, pretty much everyone walking around in the population, you don't, like we would know, and I've said this on the show, so I apologize if I'm repeating myself, but you would, we would just wouldn't put a Twinkie in our car's petrol tank. We would know that it wouldn't run as well if we we put non-car food into the car, and yet we put non-human food into our bodies with such disregard thinking that it oh it's going to just keep running it's going to keep running perfectly and and any when it stop when it starts to malfunction when we get you know cardiovascular disease or we get over we gain weight or we get constipated or our mind gets sluggy very rarely do humans default to go ah oh, that's cuz i put that twinkie into my car engine we always think oh my mum was always tired at this age and this family member had diabetes at 30 as well and we never think about the it's, it's 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 i think it's shocking that so few people in the planet the, the default to going i think it's the food straight away i think we all have to come to like a a light bulb moment when we go oh yeah <laughs> you know like it should be obvious but it's just so funny that it's not obvious to our species it it's definitely shocking because I don't think people ask. Look, people have lost sight. We've naturally lost sight and disconnected our thoughts to exactly what it is that we're eating. So with all the food that's abundantly available now, you lose and, – and the way the food is designed to, to taste, um, I think we've lost sight of of that. So it's, again, more of a pleasure – and food is pleasurable and you you just stop asking the questions of, you know, or, or don't think to ask where, where is my food coming from? Or does it make sense that we are the only, you know, mammal on the planet to drink the breast milk of another animal? Like we're, we're it. And do you not find that a bit, Odd for me, the crazy thing was I used to drink a gallon of milk or half a gallon of milk a day. I never asked that question of myself, and then once I did, I was like, "That's kind of that's kind of crazy. Like, that's probably not a good idea. I shouldn't I shouldn't do that." And that was very easy for me to give up the milk habit 
when I answered that question, it seemed as though I probably should have asked myself that a long time ago, but just never had, you know? And I don't think a lot of people do that yeah. sort of thing. I, I, just on Rich Roll, and I don't know which guest it was. He's had a few guests on, I think, that talk about kind of rewilding. And, and when I'm listening to you talk, you know, we think about, you know, we live in we, we have light that we never used to have. You know, we live indoors. We have clothing. All these things that take us away from having to listen to our instincts, you know, having to say, like, you know, I need to find shelter because it's going to get cold later and it's going to get dark. So I need to go to sleep because it's going to get dark. And there is no – I think that be, I think it's possibly just a whole spiral of – We've come so disconnected to food because we've become, we've become disconnected to nighttime and 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 sleep and so many different things. How our natural states of temperature in our body and how to self-regulate our temperature and we sit in chairs and sit on toilets instead of squatting and and getting up off the floor. So we're stiffer in our old age because we're sitting in seats we weren't meant to sit in and all those things. I remember he had a show on, a guest on talking about all those different things that we do We do naturally in the wild. We'll be doing all these functional exercises to keep our bodies really toned, like getting up off the floor and squatting for the toilet and we'd be regulating our heat. And now we don't. And so it makes sense that we would just be like, well, food's we would just be totally out of touch with food as well. Yeah, no, it's so interesting that you say that because one of the things that I've noticed now more than ever for me while running that I feel like um, is kind of going backwards is smell. So when I'm out on long runs, it's always amazing to me now more than ever while running the use of smell. And, and it's just that I'm traveling down a road and it's amazing the different like airwaves that you end up running through. Like this morning I went through somebody doing laundry, you know, at 6.30 AM. And then after laundry, another half mile down the road, I was driving or driving, running past somebody's house. I did not see the guy, but I could smell a cigar. Like I, I vividly could smell a cigar and it was interesting, like how these different fragrances went through. And yeah, that's one thing that I've noticed. Um, you mentioned the rewilding side of things that smell. I mean, if you think about how a dog uses its nose or other animals and things like that, that's one sensation that are and thing that I've, I've just it's happened. And I don't know if it happens for no, others. No, it definitely but... happened to me. Definitely, I can totally relate. And now, when I'm in an elevator or a space where confined with people and they have like intense colognes or perfumes I find it really yeah. unbearable like I really get a headache and I not I just feel like oh my gosh I get me out of here like it's just so intense for me whereas before I just wouldn't have noticed that yeah whereas now I'm like Ugh, you know like I can't it's just so overpowering yeah it's really bizarre it's very bizarre it is it is yes so I guess as we're like going through this podcast, I'm hearing about your life trans transformation, but how was it for your family with you making this transition? Yeah, it's interesting. So one of the things when I started out, um, the transition for me wasn't a family transition. And what I meant by that was I wasn't going to require my family in any way, shape or form to adopt what it was that I was doing. To some degree, I was the end of one study that said, go ahead and try it out to see what 
um, would happen. Um, but fast forward three and a half years, um, my girls and my wife, while not a hundred percent plant-based, we have significantly reduced the animal product consumption in our home. Just naturally, the girls have tried different things like I, I call them the the transition faux meats, if you will. So like plant-based meatballs and things like that, that we choose to utilize now. Things like sandwich meat is really a thing of the past for us. We used to be a, you know, a, a sandwich meat heavy household where it was inevitable that they ended up in lunches and things like that for our girls. So while, while not perfect, um, you know, they are really, it's almost like a flexitarian type thing where I would consider them to be really, really close to being plant-based. However, they, they do still eat some, some meat, but yeah, no, when I set out, that was one thing that I really told myself was that it was, you know, I, if they didn't want to partake in what it was that I was doing, there was no way that I was going to hold anything over their heads. And, and, but for that, it also meant that, um, I wasn't going to, I was never much of a cook. My wife is an amazing cook. Her mother and grandmother are amazing cooks. So she was always one that would usually prepare meals and things like that for us. That's kind of one of the things that changed for me. I started to prepare some of my uh, own meals with the idea that I didn't want to burden them with what it was that I was trying out. And um, it, it's interesting because here we are three, three and a half years later now, and there's things that I have done that now my wife every once in a while will like, Hey, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to give that a try. Like one of the most recent things that I've been like stuck on was this orange chili sauce, uh, salad, which was a orange juice flavored, uh, spicy dressing, like a salad dressing, and in my salad, not only would I use jalapenos and things like that to make it spicy, but I'd also throw in mandarin oranges. Um, I just tried it one time and I was like, yeah, I wonder how that'll taste. And it was, it was absolutely delicious. My, I'm salivating and now I have to find a way to make this my own. Oh, <laughs> uh, it was, it was delicious. And there was something that she ended up trying out and it was to some degree gratifying for me because... I always never thought that I would be able to, uh, you know, compete with her, if you will, in the kitchen because you're just so far ahead. So, yeah, it's 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 been a journey. I mean, like this is and it doesn't come without work. So, yeah, and I like there's two things I want to say about this. And one thing is I hats off to you because many of the guests on this show who succeed in this way of eating succeed because their partners make the switch with them. So it's awesome to hear that you succeeded. Yeah, obviously your partner was supportive of you doing it, so that's wonderful. But, I mean, it's so good that you had that internal conviction. And as you said, you're an all-in kind of guy. Um, and I'm a bit that way, woman, that way too. Uh, so that's awesome that you've just managed to do that by yourself. But it's so great like that your family, your choices are having this ripple effect, that your children are eating less of these foods that we know cause, and your partner, your wife, that we know cause illness and aren't 
as you say, fighting disease or feeding disease. You know, your children are naturally eating less and less and less. And as you go on this journey, like my husband took seven years to end up. Now he's whole, totally plant-based and probably better at plant-based than me because he always, a bit like you, he's competitive. So he always likes to be better at me at everything. Sure. <laughs> but like it took seven years to go from when he we both were eating everything to seven years till he was plant-based. But now he is. And like he just, like, like, like your family, he just ate a bit less, a bit less, a bit less, played around with it. And after a while, I was like, that food makes me feel yuck and this food makes me feel good. Yeah. And eventually, I'm not saying that your family probably might might never get to that point, but I mean, you never know. And it's just so good to see that they make different choices and their taste buds naturally change. Yeah, no, no, totally. And I, I think, and you mentioning that, I think it's a good spot to also mention. So when I did the change, one of the things that I was able to find um, the Missing Chins Run Club. So that was kind of part of my journey in, in 2017. And and I would tell people who are thinking about changing if there was two things that I could tell them. One is to truly find your why. And and for me, you know, my why, as much as it is about me and being healthy, there's things that my dad who had heart disease and really had chronic health issues, I, I didn't want to be that way. And the only way not to to be that way was to give myself a shot at taking care of myself. But, but then the more important one to, to kind of the, the hat off to the, the missing chins run club guys was, and then I tell people is to, and this is probably one of my most important ones that I tell people that I attribute to my change. Cause I didn't feel like I did it on my own. I, I felt like they were there as much as my spouse was supporting me. They were my tribe. And what I say about that is, is find a tribe where your desired result is the expectation of the tribe. And, and I got that from a James Clear. That's a James Clear quote it's straight out of his book. But, but, you know, the Missing Chins Run Club was, you know, there is very clear expectations that you're plant-based or trying to become plant-based. And I'll call it bipedal locomotion, whether you're walking, running, riding a bike, doing whatever it is from an exercise perspective, it's, it's, that's, it's your lifestyle. It's not temporary. It's, it's ingrained in your identity and who it is and, and who you are, which for me, if I was out on this Island all by myself and I had all the foods in the world, change probably would have been much more difficult, but to some degree, I would have been a hypocrite if I was sitting back part of that group and still eating Twinkies and kibasa or something like that. And how could you put yourself out there and say, yeah, you know, I'm part of this, you know, group and the group would never say that that is an acceptable behavior. I really love that. I love that. I love, I really, I haven't read, I haven't read this, but my friend Rose, Rose, if you're listening, hello. She, she sent me a photo of her reading Atomic Habits in her garden a while back. And I was reading something else and I was like, oh, that sounds very exciting, but I'll, I'll get to that. <laughs> I'll get, I'll get to that soon. But I love that find a tribe where your desired result is the expectation of the tribe. It's such a good, simple statement that has such a powerful message. It does. Yeah. Yeah. No, w- w- without a doubt. And it, for, like I said, for me, it, w- it made change easier to some degree. I know that Alan Kalmus is listening. <laughs> 
<laughs> and, yes. yeah. and I want to say hello to Alan and Josh and Tim and all the people. There's so many people that are in Missing Chins Run Club that have been on this show. Yeah. And I love them all so yeah. much. And I just want to make sure that I say hello to them all. Alan, he always will mention to me that he finds guests for the show all the time. <laughs> and I love you, Alan. Thank you. Um, so yeah, thank you all. And I'm so grateful that that group exists because it is helping so many people like yourself to find that tribe that sets a bar that a standard that helps all the members meet that expectation and move forward to improve their health in such tremendous ways. Yeah, no, definitely. You know, I think the thing about a group like that, that, that could be beneficial to anyone is that they have shared in your same circumstances to some degree. There's, you know, there's things that, you know, whether you're just starting out and you're overweight and you're trying to run and, and I think Josh calls it a jiggle shuffle or something or other. I forget. He's a, he's got. All he's these so sayings, good with yeah. his sayings. I love them so much. He is. <laughs> the, yeah, but but you know the, the things that being an overweight bad guy to some degree, I'll say it, an overweight bad guy that would struggle through trying to start in motion or picking the right compression shorts. Because those of the guys that are starting in there are not wearing size 30 something pants. You know, most of us were well into the 40s, if not into the 50s. We're wearing, you know, in my case, I was up to a two, comfortably in a 2X or starting to get tight in the 2X shirt. Some of the guys in there were 5X. So there's things that they went through that in that group, there's some level of protection because it's a, a private group. But people are able to share and ask questions that that I'll say guys that are like the P90X instructors of the world, I feel like have never they've never walked through or experienced some of those things that that you you go through once you've gotten yourself to that that point. Yes. Yeah. It's, uh, that is such a valid thing because, you know, even f- when you're in that situation, for me, with with compression tights, I never really th- talk about it or explain it. But, like, when you start running and you're overweight, and for me now that I've lost weight, I now have jiggly skin that I don't like jiggling when I'm running. So I still wear compression tights because I just don't want things moving and distracting me from running, you know. But you don't think about that when you when you see thin people running that have always been naturally athletic and they've just been thin. They, and or if you're someone who's really overweight, you just think I can't run because all these bits wobble. You know, all these bits wobble that I don't want to wobble. But I, you know, after a while, you realize if I get these type of tights and this type of sports bra and this type of top, then things wobble less and it's more comfortable to actually move. Yeah. No, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so having a group where you can actually say, look, I'm getting this chafe here and this is really uncomfortable and my knees are really aching and have people that understand and have gone through that, it's such – and it's a safe place by the sounds of it. You're at this group, a safe place to say, you know, this is difficult in this way. Does anybody else have a similar experience? Yeah, I think it is, and then we also know that that there – happens to be a level of accountability there. So for the guys who start the slack off, it's surely out of love, but we attempt to hold them accountable. But then you also get to do fun things like 
there were three other guys for the month of February. We did the the uh, Andrew Taylor Spud Fit Challenge, um, which uh, it was it was awesome to to do because your exploration of food and health, you know, now that it's a priority, you're like, okay, where where can I take this next? And while you have you know, I, I got it from one of the guys that we did it with, but he's like, you know, just because you lost 100 pounds doesn't mean you still have a healthy relationship for with food. You might be better off than you were three and a half years ago, but but are you really better? Can you get better? And I'm kind of of the mindset that you can always get better, and and you need to continue to push boundaries and and 30 days of nothing but potatoes. I challenge anyone to do because as much I love potatoes, I've always loved potatoes. Three and a half years ago, I loved them baked and just layered in oil and salt and whatever else you want to put on them. And today they're usually air fried or mashed with vegetable broth and some garlic. Um, But 30 days of nothing but potatoes, it just opened my eyes into areas that – I still needed to work and it also helped identify those areas of when I'm eating and why I'm eating. Cause there were certain times when I was under tons of stress. I wanted to turn to even certain processed vegan foods that I was like, you know, listen, I can't let the guys that I'm doing with this down. There's no way I'm going to do it. So I would turn to potatoes, but it was very glaring during those moments and doing that, that, that light bulbs went, went off for, for me. Um, but, yeah, so that group allowed that. I would have never taken on that challenge. Having somebody to kind of do it alongside me, ho- hold us accountable to some degree. You didn't want to let your teammate down, things like that happen. So it, it's just, yeah, I, I mean, to some degree, I've done the work the last three and a half years to to get myself in a position where I'm wearing a pant size that's, you know, something that I probably last wore when I was a freshman in mm. high school. Wow. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. But with that, you know, I always feel like there's certain things that fell into place, that run club being one of them that really helped cement change Mm. for me. So how much weight have you lost altogether in three and a half years? Yeah. So I'm somewhere in the vicinity, pretty close to a hundred pounds. So when I started working out, I had worked out two or three weeks before I had even gotten on the scale and, um, the first time I weighed myself, I think I was like 283 to like 285 ish. And then the lowest I've been is probably 185 or 86, um, which was August of last year. Right now, uh, I'll, I float somewhere in the vicinity of like 193 to 195. And I've largely stopped using the scale as, I mean, I use it to measure trajectory, but again, my body from a shape perspective has like, the interesting thing is in the last year, the weight hasn't changed, so to speak, on the scale perspective, yet my waist is probably two inches smaller than it was the prior year. So... It's, it's an interesting thing. That is really interesting. I just have 
two more questions. It was just one on this note of like the Spud Fit Challenge and, and whole food plant-based diet while working full-time. I know you have a demanding job. A lot of people find it really difficult to eat this way when they work full-time and are, and are really busy and in a family. How do you manage that? Like to have make, you know, it is more time consuming eating a whole food plant-based diet when, when you're not quite sure how to do it, especially in the beginning. How did you manage that? Anyone who asked me, one of the things that I've always tried to do was be very simple with, with food. So dial in five or six meals that really work for you, that also work for your lifestyle that are just, I hate to say brainless, but really monotonous. So for me, like one of them that's, it's just baked into what it is that I do now is breakfast for me is oats and mixed berries every single morning. And literally I take frozen berries, a cup or two of them, dump them into oats, throw them in the microwave as I'm getting our kids ready and things like that. Um, I have them cooking now and then I'll do them in the Instapot. So again, creating habits or things or putting kitchen gear, I'll call it like the Instapot invest in what like air fryer Instapot. Both of those devices, I strongly encourage if you're able to afford them as part of your journey, um, they're not a necessity, but for somebody who's super busy, they make cooking a bunch easier. So like potatoes for me, I'll cook three pounds of potatoes at one time in an Instapot. And then I'll have that for a day and a half that I can mix in as needed. But then I always go again, the easy ones, like a salad for lunch. That is just for me, there's not a lot of work in a salad, something very easy that I can do. And then if I want to get, you know, and have a little bit more fun, the, the meal that I have at night is you know, a little bit more work intensive because I'm done from a responsibility standpoint for the day. But so hopefully that yeah, answers. Yeah, it does. That's really great. Now, I just feel like the last you've you preempted my final question, which is what are your three biggest tips? And you said find your why. And then we spoke number two was basically community and finding a tribe for yourself. What would be your third top tip for people who are wanting to make the transition to a whole food plant-based diet? So I, I would definitely say make yourself a priority. It's never about time. People who say there's never enough time, are, are they're lying to themselves. Uh, I always tell people, somebody who tells me they don't have enough time, I first tell them it's not necessarily about time. It's about pri priorities and that they clearly have themselves not near the top of their priority list. Um, because one of the tips that I always say that people never pay attention to, but if you have a little Apple iPhone, it tells you how much your usage is for the day. I always tell people that if you took typically half of what your usage is for one day. Oh my gosh. My usage today was alarming, alarming. <laughs> When it flashed up today, I was like, oh, my God. This pandemic has given me – I think I'm hoping it's counting podcast listening, audiobook listening because otherwise I'm – Right. <laughs> yeah. But if you applied half of your time that you spend on your phone in one day to your health for a week, you're, you're in a really good – you're in a good place. Um, so that would be my, thir my third one because there is always time – 
and you're worth it. I mean, at the end of the day, you're worth it. And, and what you get out of it is to some degree, if you, if you turn the corner for me, I, I still have my, my true, I'll call them true old friends, friends who w- would love me, whether I was a meat eater or whether I was a whole food, plant-based, no oil eating person, they're still in my life. And it's still amazing. And those relationships are still just lovely. And at the same time, I've, I've walked into this different world of a lot of the missing shins guys that you mentioned and things like that. And, and into a world that I didn't know existed, like ultra marathoning and, but in a whole new world of, of people. And for that, I'm, you know, grateful. And, th- and that's another tip that I'd throw in there is that I practice gratitude every day. I mean, find something to be grateful for and, and it can be anything. It doesn't have to be, you know, sunrises and sunsets. It could be this pandemic that's going on in the world right now and, and forcing you into doing something that you might not have otherwise done, but might benefit you long term. Absolutely. I, I love that tip for practice gratitude every day. Doing that has changed mine and my family's life. And I know that it seems like such a simple thing that it's almost like a cliche that you can just flippantly avoid but it's it's cliche for a reason. It's such an important and valuable practice. And it's been such an important practice in this time of um, the pandemic and COVID-19. So important. Yeah, no, definitely. Without a doubt. Yeah, for me, it has. It, it's changed my life. Um, I, I feel like it's changed my family's, family's life. I always preach that to my girls is, you know, they might not do their daily practice, but but I always remind them of something to be grateful for and opportunities that we are able to embark on and enjoy together. It's to have gratitude and, and be grateful for those and, and, you know, never taking them for granted because you never know. You never know when you'll get them again, you know, when, when those opportunities come about. So, yeah, no, for me, it's definitely been been a life changer and I strongly encourage folks to to try yeah absolutely it doesn't take very long like if you had at at dinner like we do it at the dinner table in the evening and it's just takes two if if we forget i just do it when i'm tucking my kids into bed or reading their story it doesn't take very long but it really helps them to reframe their day if they've had a bad day yeah no definitely i mean for me like even one of the ones that like last year i had to have my gallbladder removed and i was grateful for that to some degree after and that sounds crazy but like, how could you be grateful for that? Well, for me, I couldn't run for, it was about, so the doctor told me, he's like, listen, could definitely no exercise for seven days, but, but ten, at 10 days, whatever pain you're willing to endure, you're not really in danger of hurting yourself anymore. And for me, it truly gave me a time to understand how much running meant to me beyond, you know, exercise and, and, you know, losing a little bit of weight. Cause I definitely always say it's the food, not, not the exercise and that you can't run, outrun a bad diet, but, but for what it did mentally for me and things like that during that time, um, I, it was very clear to me. And then I was, I was grateful for that because 
I might have otherwise taken it for granted. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, 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 I wholeheartedly agree. Sometimes the worst things that happen to us, for me, getting multiple sclerosis or fibromyalgia or losing my brother, they were the greatest gifts of my life. They're the worst things that happened in my life as well, but they were the they've they've taught me so many wonderful things, and so I'm so grateful for all of that. Yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I. It's so interesting on how you say things like that because that was for me. I lost my dad last year. It's funny when we were talking last week. Last week when we were oh, set, yes. set to do this, and obviously had to change. Oh. I was telling you it was the one year mm. anniversary of having my dad have passed and and that for me to what you just mentioned is exactly that like he helped illuminate my why i saw what his health did to his life the last years and his living years and uh it was very you know again i was grateful for being able to see that it was horrible to see it was not pleasant at all to see but for me, that will always be in the back of my mind, and and I've got control of that. I'm the captain of my own fate. I think it takes a lot to look for this. I remember when we first hopped on this call today, today for this interview, and we were talking about the pandemic that's going on. And I loved the. I noticed the way you were looking for silver linings and talking about silver linings all the time. And I do think that that is something on our on people's. If you're listening and you're on a a health journey, like changing that mindset to seek out silver linings, to seek out the lessons and the, and the, the things, you know, because it does for, help me personally and many of the guests on this show, having that mindset where you're looking for silver linings and you're seeking the lessons in the grief and the sadness and the despair and the loss. And there's so many people out there, myself included, who've lost their jobs and their employment or their, and they're living at home in a, in a, not great relationship and they're in isolation with people who they don't want to be in isolation with so many different negatives but if you can look through that for the for the for the silver linings for the positives uh that will help you make even just as simply as help you make a better choice in your food because when we're eating from a place of fear anxiety scarcity and concern and worry and panic then of course we're going to choose foods that probably aren't the best choice for us. But if we can look through a lens of gratitude, hope, silver linings, then perhaps we'll make a food choice that is more kind to our bodies overall. There's so many different positive benefits of looking for silver linings, but because we're a whole food plant-based, I just wanted to tie it back, (laughs) tie it back to that. Yeah, no, because exactly to your point is that if you're if you're not looking through that lens of silver linings and positivity and stuff, you naturally don't feel well. Like many people, you turn to food to change your state. The food that you choose is likely not good. And therefore you probably end up feeling worse than what you started before you ate the food. And therein lies the vortex that gets you into a dark place. And yeah, it definitely changes your perspective and state. But just, again, what's between the ears and using your, your yeah, mind? Absolutely. So I highly recommend, I know I'm going to when I hang up from this call with you, Adam, is to see if you can download Atomic Habits. Is that the yeah, Atomic, Atomic Habits, Habits by James, by James Clear? Yep. I'm definitely going to download that into my audio book for the run tomorrow. Or, um, and 
otherwise I'll link there I'll link to purchase it in the show notes as well if you want to find it there and yeah thank you so much for coming on the show Adam it was wonderful getting to meet you and I absolutely loved hearing your story and hearing how you know your life is changing it's just incredible and inspiring in this time yeah no thank you for having me it's it's been an honor to be on your show. Like I said, your podcast was one of those that I've looked to throughout my journey along Richroll's journey and stuff like that. And and having this sort of opportunity for me is, is a stepping off point because here I am three and a half years later. I think this is the second one that I've done. And it was really interesting as part of my story is I was never you know, the 400 pound guy. So I struggled with at what point do I jump off and start raising my hand to tell my story because I didn't necessarily reach a point where, um, yes, I was significantly overweight and was definitely an obese person, but I also was not one that was suffering from chronic disease due to obesity. I mean, my blood pressure was elevated, but but not crazy. Um, and so I've always struggled with, you know, when, when is the right time? And, and for whatever reason, when I saw your post, uh, I don't know, a few weeks ago now, for whatever reason, it spoke to me and I said, you know what, now's the time. This is a great opportunity. If given the opportunity, you know, take advantage of it. So here we are. I'm so glad that you did reach out to me because if my thoughts on that are if your story can prevent someone from getting a chronic illness, it's worth telling. Do you know what I mean? Like you, you didn't have diabetes yet. You didn't have heart disease, you know, a, a heart attack yet. You prevented it. You did, you reversed your potential to, to, to be diagnosed with a host of chronic illnesses. Like that's incredible. You changed your life. It's inspirational. And I think that it's so, some people aren't yet diagnosed, but they are living in an obese, unhealthy, tired, unmotivated, depressed body. And your story is really, really, really hope, hope inspiring for those people. So thank you so much. Uh, awesome. That's great to hear. And yeah, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I uh, hope to hear more from how you're going three years from now. I have, have you back on the show and tell me how, what, what your next PB is. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. I can't, hopefully the, you know, the races will return sometime this year. I mean, I, I definitely want to attempt a, a 50 miler or a hundred miler. And then we'll we'll see where it takes us from from there. But yeah, the journey. I mean, I'm only three and a half years in, so there's a there's a lot of growing yet to do, and maybe a future podcast. I've always thought that I wanted to do it, and again, it was one of those times. I'm like, you know, what, am I am I qualified? And I'm getting closer to feeling like, you know what, there's no better time than than now. So. Uh, maybe one of these days we'll, uh, turn tables. the, turn the tables a little bit and yeah, I'll have you that on as a guest. That would be so awesome. I'll, I'll, I'll wait. I'm here. I'm ready to go. I'm already saying yes. Cool. That's awesome. <laughs> See you later, Adam. Appreciate it. All right. Bye now. Thank you so much, Adam. Thank you all so much for listening. Remember Adam's three top tips. Number one, find your why. Number two, find a tribe where your desired result is the expectation of the tribe. I can't stress that enough. That is just 
a gold nugget and I'm going to be buying James Clear's Atomic Habits to read on my runs for the rest of the week. Number three, make yourself a priority. And I loved when he said, if you think you don't have enough time, halve your screen time for one week and focus that time on your health and see the difference. That is such a great little tip and I'm going to be trying it. Uh, thank you all for listening and please share this story with anyone in your friendship group or online who you know is struggling right now or has no motivation or feels like this is the time to just eat all the chips and <laughs> watch all the Netflix. Now is a perfect time to make yourself a priority and to find your why and to reach out online to find community that will inspire you and ignite your passions. If you want to join Plant-Based and Thriving, it's my Facebook group. Now, I have been so slack on there. I just basically post the podcast and a few bits and pieces. But you never know. Things could change. And you can message me there. So it's worthwhile to join just because you can message me and I will reply. You can post your food. And now more than ever, I would love it if people who are members of that group would actually become active and post your recipes, post your inspiration, post your books you're reading, your Netflix that you're watching, post your wins, ask your questions. I am here. This is the best time to join because you can literally create the group the way you want ask me for recipe ideas, ask me for anything, nutrition advice, immune system advice, I am there. Otherwise, you can call me for free 30-minute chats to learn about whole food plant-based eating or ask questions about nutrition, ask questions about food addiction and strategies and things like that to help you through this time as well. That is also available. That's at my website, which will be in the show notes. And I love those chats. They keep me going in ISO times. So please feel free to call me. I just like to have a chat and give you some answers. So yeah, I'd love to hear from you. And otherwise, I will see you for episode 135 next week, which is a bit of a different one. It's going to be on mindfulness, mindset, meditation and money and abundance. And it is with not a whole food plant-based guest, but a vegan guest, and she's really done an incredible job in her life. Uh, she is one of the co-founders of Lord of the Fries, which isn't what I recommend you to eat. But I think she's going to really, really, really help everyone during this time in relation to the way she finds that silver lining and makes makes rainbows out of cloudy days and all of those kinds of things. She's a wonderful, wonderful woman and I love what she has done for the animals. So I'm very excited to have Amanda Lee Walker on the show to share some of her wisdom. So yes, it's definitely not a whole food plant-based episode, but it is a mindset, connection, meditation, just a bit of a love bomb story. We'll hear Amanda's story and we'll also, she'll also give us some great tips to get through this time. So I hope you tune in. I know that you'll love hearing Amanda's story. It's just wonderful. Yeah, so I'll see you all next week. Bye. Bags are packed. Are you ready to go? This time tomorrow we'll be on the road. 
Riding with you in the sunnier days I wouldn't want it any other